Welcome back to the show. This is the Zero to Hear podcast. That's our new jingle. I'm your host, Denny Duma. On today's show, this is a very exciting one for me. I've been trying to get someone in the cannabis space for a little while. Uh, I was introduced to Abby Randawa through a mutual friend, Dr. Sodi, for all your eyeglass, all eyewear needs. Abby, super knowledgeable guy in the space. He kind of goes through uh, all the benefits that uh, CBD oil has and how he's seen it help people in his life, how it's helped him, how it's helped his pet. Uh, Very cool to hear a little bit of the science behind uh, the plant and how it can potentially help you too. Give it a listen. Uh, It's a super, super interesting one. And let me know your feedback. Welcome to the show, Abby. Thanks for uh, joining us in this uh, small but quaint condo here in Burnaby. <laughs> I'm excited for, for this one. I've uh, obviously we've been messaging back and forth for a little while, and I am pretty pumped to uh, finally put it together here. Awesome! I'm glad to be here, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, can we start just by maybe summarizing, to your knowledge, like what's going on right now in Canada with cannabis? So. It was legalized in the fall. Well, in BC, not in Canada, right? No, 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 it was Canada. It was yeah, Canada, yeah. okay. So it's, it's legal nationally. But it is extremely hard to get licenses. Yes. <laughs> so yes. it seems like cannabis sales have gone down even though it's been legal for the last eight months. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a couple of things. I think, um, you know, getting a license is definitely a difficult piece. Uh, but at the same time, there's a... Uh, it, it, price points is, is a big thing right mm-hmm. now. You're paying about $16 a gram where before, you know, you go to these illegal dispensaries and you're paying $10 a gram. And ultimately, you know, the stuff that's coming off the street is significantly better than what you're getting from these licensed producers. <laughs> uh, and, and that will change, you know, as these licensed producers get their cost per gram down and they get more uh, efficient and automation comes into play they'll come back down to that black market level where they'll bring their grams. I think the price will be around that six to $8 a gram. Okay. Yeah. And the quality will get better as well. What does it mean to be legal, I guess, in Canada right now? Yeah. So being legal means uh, an ACMPR, which basically is uh, access to cannabis for medical purposes. Uh, And that being a licensed producer, you have to go through these stringent policies and, and meet every single regulation that they they want you to meet uh, and and being grown locally in Canada. So that doesn't allow any importation of any cannabis products. You must have um you know your 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 farm and your extraction and everything has to be done in Canada. Um they recently changed the laws now where they're trying to streamline the licenses uh where prior you could actually apply for a license uh, off a off an idea or off a business model, which isn't necessarily the smartest thing, uh, in my opinion. But now they've transitioned it to where you can say, "Hey, our facility is done. We've got the facility. They'll send someone over. They check it out. You get your license pretty quick." Are a lot of the because there was what hundreds and hundreds of stores in Greater Vancouver? Mm-hmm. 
Carl would know. <laughs> lots of illegal stores yeah, lots. everywhere. Are yeah. lots of them right now trying to go through that process of getting legal? Yep. Because a lot of them are just closed down, right? Uh, just recently, they they were court ordered, from my understanding, uh, due to the fact that they were 300 meters within a, a school or a community center. Ah, uh, okay. So just recently, they shut down a bunch of longstanding uh, dispensaries like Weeds, um, Lotus Land, and some others have now shut down uh, and court ordered to be shut down. Yeah. Is, um, <clears throat> I don't know much about the system behind what Canada is trying to do with uh, cannabis, but is it trying to mimic the, um, like the liquor system right now in terms of private sales? So like it has to be like a registered vendor that you're purchasing product from? That is correct. Okay. It's going basically through the liquor board, um, the BCLDB, uh, all, all of the product has to go through them and then ultimately they allow it to be sold uh, in legal retail uh, dispensaries. Uh, and I believe at the moment there's no online, there's only one online site in BC that you can purchase it from, which is the government entity. So, it's ridiculous. There, yep. I, I believe right now in all of BC, there's, I think there's 11 or 14 legal dispensaries that's it how many of those are in vancouver that's a good question i i'm gonna say a handful the first one that ever opened when we legalized wasn't even in vancouver (laughs) it was Kelowna, right yes yeah yeah and they had a big lineup it was a big party and but what about vancouver right i know so carl drove down for that opening (laughs) did you actually (laughs) no danny's a liar (laughs) is this would you classify this as progress or is this a step back kind of thing it depends. It depends on your perspective and how you look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may say it's a step backwards uh, for you know procuring cannabis, uh, but you may say it's a step forward for research and data. Sure. It's finally going to allow us to understand this plant, and uh, it's it's got you know there's more than just THC, which I think we're going to definitely talk more about, it, which is CBD. So uh, yeah, there's more than just THC. There's over a hundred different chemical compounds, uh, some that people are not very familiarized with and others that are. Yeah. There's over a hundred? There's over a hundred. How Teats, many of them are yeah, like so used commonly? THC and now CBD. So just two? Yeah. But there's over a hundred. Is it because they're not, the other 98 are not, like uh, haven't been researched in terms of effects or what? Um they're they're found in specific strains so specific genetics uh, and varietals so they're and they're not at the abundance levels of thc and cbd majority of plants have you know thc and cbd but you won't find a lot of these other cannabinoids Um, there's cbdv cbg thcv cbc i I can keep going (laughs) but this is part of moving forward with with data and research and now finally allowing it, you know, to get clinical studies. It was so hard to get clinical studies done before. So do you think in the future we might see another type of CBD? Yes. Uh, you will, there will be beyond CBD. Um, the, there will be combinations from terpenes and, and can, different cannabinoids that all have their own therapeutic benefits. So it's, you know, THC, I believe, is the only one that's psychoactive. And that's the one that gets all the attention. But 
CBD, which is non-psychoactive, can still give you a lot of the similar benefits without getting you high. And, you know, there's CBG, which might be a stronger anti-inflammatory than CBD. Mm. There's THCV, which is a very, very unique and very rare cannabinoid, but it's actually like an antagonist to THC. So it'll actually curb your appetite. It will regulate your blood sugar levels. You may even lose some weight on THCV. So it's very, very interesting as we go down this path and start learning more about these chemical compounds um, and, and understanding what they, what they can do. I guess now's a good time to talk <laughs> about what, like differences between the two common, obviously, THC and CBD. Yep. Uh, the differences between the two, I, I think the biggest difference is definitely the psychoactive part. Uh, THC will, you know, induce, potentially induce anxiety is a big one for people as, as we keep trying to breed them and, and get the highest levels of THC. And that seems to be a, a, a huge, huge thing in the industry. But ultimately, it's, uh, it's the terpenes that really give you the characteristic of your high. Uh, so that's, that's a very interesting thing is terpenes are found in, you know, lemons, which is lemonine, pinene, um, you know, and there's, there's also a hundred different terpenes <laughs> as well. So the very interesting thing is when you start doing these combinations and that's why when you smoke a specific strain, you're like, Hey, this one gives me energy. Hey, this one gets me sleepy. Hey, this one gives me clarity. Like there's so many different ways that these receptors bind, uh, and these terpenes play a play a part including the cannabinoids but thc is the one that really is the only psychoactive one the rest are non-psychoactive so again maybe this is a <laughs> ignorant comment to make but is it um how how are different strains produced is it just the way they grow or is it what type of soil they grow in is it i, I don't know the answer to that um I, I like to kind of use an analogy as similar to to dog breeding you know, bulldogs never existed. That mm. took hundreds of years of breeding, you know, a big dog and a small dog. Sure. And eventually and you got this English bulldog. And it's the same thing with, with plants and cannabis plants. It's taking a specific strain, breeding it with another strain. And then, you know, over time, you start realizing that, hey, it's, it's changing. It's adapting. It's evolving. Um, one thing that's really, really sought after is uh, is land races. So really, really old strains that come from Africa or China or in Nepal. And these land races have been around for 5,000 plus years, if not even longer. And they're very, very pure. And they're very, very rare. So the, as it evolves, as geneticists get involved and we get into cell tissue and cell culture, you can start doing some amazing things with the plant. And at that point, it's just trial and error. Yeah, R and D, money. It, it's, uh, it comes down to um, you know breeding. Uh, whether it's you're looking for specific THC levels, like THC back in the '90s and '80s, I don't think there was any plants that were over twenty percent. Now I think we're getting up to forty. <laughs> um, so it's just over time and, and selective breeding allows us to really evolve um, the plant to you know, whichever way you really want to take that direction. in. Why, uh, why do you think the plant has had such a bad name? Uh, and I guess what about it is changing now that it's becoming legal? 
I, you know, if you go all the way back and uh, it's kind of just previously talked about was reefer madness, uh, you know, the campaigns they came out with uh, were, were, were absurd. You know, they, they literally said that marijuana made you go crazy. You know, it made you want to break things. And it's like, what are you, what are you talking about? Uh, what people don't really, really understand is why hemp got outlawed. Well, why did hemp get involved? Hemp didn't get you high. It was just an ag- it's an agricultural plant. And if you go back down in the history, you'll understand that hemp was really outlawed uh, due to the fact that it can be used in every single use case that you can potentially think about. Like there's 50,000 use cases today that you can use hemp for. And it really was DuPont. DuPont was creator of, and the use of cotton, created paper. Um, you know, people don't realize, and, you know, the Declaration of Independence, it was drafted on hemp paper. You know, hemp was used everywhere. It was used for, and, and even today, it can be used for plastics. It can use for, you know, it can use for clothing. It can use for hempcrete. It's, there's so many use cases for it. But then, and it's sustainable. But then you take away cotton. You take away plastic. You think, take, take it all these other industries that are multi, multi-billion dollar industries. Uh, you know, essentially it's, it's the system, you know, that you're, you're fighting against. And that's, and cannabis also falls into the same place. And when, when was that happening? Uh, that was happening in the eighties that it, that it kind of took on this. People were saying that it made you crazy and it made no, you... no, this is thirties. This is black okay. and white TV, 1930s, 1940s, uh, similar to the prohibition days of alcohol. It's all around that same time frame, uh, even with hemp. Hemp was outlawed exactly. Cannabis sativa was all outlawed in, I think, 1934, around the 30s. And what's changed recently that now it's becoming legal in a lot of North America? Is it just research? Um, you know, Justin Trudeau really pushed it on his political campaign. I think that was one of his <laughs> one of his things that he, he liked to advocate that, hey, we're going to legalize cannabis. And, and uh, I think... Um, as we start going down the path, we sh- we're starting to see that there there are some real truth behind this plant. It's it's got a lot of a lot of medicinal properties behind it. Um, and you know, living in in Canada, and we're starting to see this opiate crisis, and, and with fentanyl and so forth, where you know there's other alternatives. You don't need to go down taking oxycodone or or painkillers. Uh, you know, and and oxycodone is ruining people's lives. Not just, you know, young teenagers, it's doctors, lawyers, it's people with professional careers mm. who go for back surgery. And next thing you know, they're addicted to opiates. And now their whole life has gone down the drain because of what? Because of opium, which is also a plant that has, you know, hundreds of years been concentrated and adapted to levels of, you know, you know heroin in a pill. And... and Cannabis, you know, I think people are starting to understand and now we can push away from the stigma and understand that, you know, no one's ever died from marijuana. No one's ever died from cannabis. Uh, so it's just a matter of time as people start opening up and there still is a stigma, even with hemp. You know, you, you talk about CBD and you go, well, it's non-psychoactive. It's, it's this brother. It doesn't get you high. There still always will be a stigma and that will take years uh, to get the awareness out there. Do you believe it's addictive? Uh, marijuana or hemp or CBD, I guess, uh, reports have shown that uh, marijuana can be addictive, uh, but there's also contradicting reports or, uh, you know, conflicting reports saying, no, actually you can't. 
interesting enough, the World Health Organization uh, did a 200-plus page study on CBD in 2017. And it explicitly states that CBD, uh, you can't build a tolerance to, you can't get addicted to, and you can't overdose. And that's from the World Health Organization. And I think they've explicitly stated just recently that it should be um, decriminalized globally. So they're, they're huge advocators on, on allowing CBD to be, you know, just a over-the-counter, you know, available, available over-the-counter. Like, it shouldn't be restricted. It shouldn't be illegal. To me, that sounds pretty unique because it seems like a lot of drugs you do build a tolerance to, where CBD you do not. Yeah, and there's anecdotal evidence out there. Um, you know, myself, I've been taking CBD for about three to five years. Uh, I'd say about more about three years. I, I I don't know if you can build a tolerance to it, but I I like to take about a three or four day break after about a month. And, and I don't know if it just gives my endocannabinoid system a break and then it just kind of gets a breather and then it kind of gets recharged. But there's a lot of, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time on Reddit and online communities and there's a lot of anecdotal evidence saying that, hey, you can build a tolerance to this. Mm. Maybe there just isn't enough data and research to really back that up just yet. Sure. Okay. Yeah. What, um, what are the advantages of CBD? What are the effects mm-hmm. of it? Uh, what do you, people use it for? Yeah, it's, that's a great question. Uh, you know, it, it's unfortunate that it kind of gets marketed as uh, snake oil. Um, you know, cause you know, Hey, it helps with everything from, from sleeping to cancer to recovery. And, uh, you know, until we get more data and research, uh, a lot of the published papers are mostly in mice, uh, and animal studies, but you know, what can it help with? It may help with sleep. It may help with recovery. It may help with, uh, Parkinson's autoimmune disorders. Uh, from my personal experience for myself, I noticed that I'm, my shoulders are looser throughout the day. My shoulders are kind of rolled back. Mm. I'm less stressful. Uh, you know, I, I have more focus. And everyone's experience is a little bit different depending on, your, on what you're looking for. Um, you know, if you don't have any issues at all and you're just looking for overall wellness, you just need five or 10 milligrams. You don't need a whole lot. If you're a professional athlete and you're competing, um, say as an MMA fighter, which is huge with CBD now, uh, they, they'll use the topicals and they'll, they'll take about 50 to 100 mg just to bring down their inflammation because they're putting their body through you know, some severe torture. What are, the, what are the ways to use it? You mentioned topical. Yeah, you know, there's, you know, there's some really interesting stuff coming out. I've had a chance to sample a bunch of stuff from a trade show that our colleagues had brought back. Uh, I've seen ingestibles, you know, the, the real first... Uh, product line that came out was a tincture. Uh, so you just kind of take it like an eyedropper and, you know, you take it underneath the tongue and you just kind of leave it there and let it sit for you know, 30 seconds to a minute for better absorption. Uh, I've seen sprays. I've seen, uh, you know, the vapes. The vapes are very interesting as they have uh, faster bioavailability. Mm. Uh, so they can get into your bloodstream really quick and give you give you a reaction of whether it's that overall feeling of well-being. Um, and then there's, I, I personally think you're going to see it in every single thing you can imagine from cereal to chocolate, uh, who knows, maybe even toilet paper. 
I don't even know. They're gonna get. They're gonna go crazy with this stuff. They're, you know, as a true marketer and a brand branding, you know, specialist, you, you'll you'll do whatever it takes. You'll put it in anything. Uh, I do know. I've seen CBD toothpicks. I've seen toothpaste. <laughs> uh, you know, beverages is gonna be huge. Uh, so you know, topicals from yeah, cosmetic care, any cosmetic care you can think of, and then pet care. It's really really my uh, my intro to CBD was through pets. That's why that was my first real like what really, and I saw something amazing happening happen in front of my eyes. Uh, it was actually my my friend's dog uh, is uh, he was he had a Doberman. He was eleven years old, and it had all these tumors on it, and his skin was changing. And he was walking around. and He walked around really slow, and you could just tell that his 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 health was degrading, and quite drastically. And he lives close to me. He lives a block away from me, and I. I woke up one day and I'm just, you know, having my drinking a glass of water early morning and I look outside the window and I see his dog could barely walk with all these tumors and, and he's running around like a pup. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what's going on? I was like, so I run out there and I'm like, hey, like, what happened to your dog? Right? Like he's running around like he's like, like a puppy right now and you could barely walk the other day. And he goes, hey man, like I got him on these CBD cookies. And after three days, this is what happened. Three days, that's it? Three days. And, uh, you know, so I was, I was very much intrigued. I was like, oh, that's, that's amazing. And this is three plus years ago. And, and what was, what was even more amazing was after the next, you know, I, I see this guy very often as he lives close to me. Every week, at first I was like, am I seeing this right? Like, I feel like his tumors are getting smaller. After about two months, they had shrunk at least 70%. And I'm talking like football size tumors. So that's when I was just like, whoa. And, uh, you know, just seeing that was just like, it was just, you know, I was completely amazed. I was like, whoa, I didn't even know about CBD. Uh, and so that was kind of really my first experience, you know, not firsthand, but just visually seeing it on a pet. And I was like really, really, really amazed. And then after that, it just, things kind of just went crazier from, uh, you know, I talk about my other friend's dog. Uh, he had an eight-year-old pit bull. And uh, yeah, it started having seizures. So you take it into the vet, took it into the vet, and they go, "Hey, you have an, your dog has an enlarged heart. He's going to live. Up, he's got about three to six months to live." And he was spending two thousand dollars a month on on his 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 diet and and giving his dog acupuncture. And uh, I think I, I I may have mentioned CBD or or someone else had told him, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to give him CBD." And in 48 hours, his dog stopped having seizures and lived three years longer than expected. And that's when I was just, and so like, all, and it just started, all these things were happening so quick. This, this happened in six months or less. And, you know, I got even more intrigued. So then I went on my own journey to try finding some CBD. So I went to my local dispensary, illegal dispensary which is now actually converted to a legal dispensary. Uh, <laughs> One of the few. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was quite nice. It was the same owner and, and I had a great chat with him. He's like, hey, I remember you. And so, uh, so I went and I, I bought some CBD capsules and I was, you know, just intrigued. I'm like, okay, well, hey, you know, you hear about all these great benefits from helps with recovery, helps with joint pain, you know, makes you feel better. So I was like, okay. So I tried some of these capsules. I think they were 10 mg and, you know, took one, didn't really feel much. Uh, took another, didn't really feel much. Um, I think I ended up finishing the whole bottle in, in like two weeks, but I didn't, I didn't really feel anything. 
So I was like, oh, maybe it is snake oil. Maybe, maybe this thing doesn't do anything. Like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, so I kind of gave up on it. And then I think I, I went back and they had a, a tincture. I tried that. I still didn't feel anything. And then they had uh, a high CBD strain. So flower. And I had a chance to try that. And I kind of had this feeling of elation after smoking. And I was like, oh, okay. Hey, maybe this is what everyone's talking about. Like maybe this is that uh, feeling of, of well-being. Um, so still, I wasn't fully, fully on board. Uh, it really was when my dog hit 13. So I, I, I used to have a pit bull. And uh, when he hit 13, uh, one day he stopped eating his food. He completely stopped eating his food. And we're like, oh, that's kind of weird. And the second day, he still wasn't eating food. He was only drinking water. So we took him to the vet. And uh, he, he, had a, he had a shoulder problem. So he used to limp a lot. And uh, we used to give him all the painkillers, these really light painkillers. And uh, so after two days of not eating, we took him in. And the vet goes, hey, his, his kidneys are 80% done. And it was those low-dosage painkillers that basically almost took out his kidneys. And what I didn't realize is, you know, animals are so smart that he was flushing his kidneys. So he just drank water for three days. <laughs> and after three days, we, we thought he was going to die, but he was able to flush his kidneys by just drinking water for three days. And on the fourth day, he started eating food again. Obviously, we took him off the painkillers. Uh, and uh, my friend, same guy with the Doberman, was like, hey, like, get your dog on CBD. Get your dog on CBD. And I asked him where he purchased it. And he got his dog cookies, but I noticed that they had these tinctures and they had one for cats dogs and one for horses and i was like i'm gonna get the one for horses right? <laughs> I was like, get my, my bang for my buck so so i get the one for horses and and i give it to him and i get him off the painkillers and guess what after two days the limp's gone yeah and he's and he's just walking along he's all good he's eating his food and uh, he lived till 15 crazy right so i and hey i i don't know if cbd prolonged his life what i do know is it definitely helped his shoulder uh, you know, he's so that was really my real true intro to CBD um, and, and how I really got fascinated about it. And even then, I wasn't in the industry. I wasn't working. I was just kind of more like just on the outskirts understanding. I don't I don't think anyone even knew much about CBD at that time, three plus years ago, as it is where it is today. Do you have any stories <clears throat> related to humans on that side? In just doing some really brief research, you see these claims about like, and when they use the word cure, I'm a little bit hesitant, but yep. like, sure, maybe I believe it could help cancer, could help Alzheimer's. But when they use the word cure, is there any factual evidence that shows that it can cure? Yeah, I think we, so good point. You, we have to be very careful in, in how you, how you use the wording with CBD. Um, you know, when, when it first came to the market on the e-commerce platforms, um, people thought, it was going to cure the cancer and people were marketing it that way. And people were spending thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars. And guess what? It doesn't cure cancer. They were dying. Now I've read some papers were taking CBD with chemotherapy treatment is three times more effective. And I read that on a publication I, on PubMed. Um, so, you know, with, with, with humans coming back to humans uh, now I've seen uh, you know and, I, and I've gotten first hand testimonials um, it's anecdotal 
you know, people say it's placebo. It's it's not a placebo. I, I've had enough people telling me testimonials. Uh, I've seen it do amazing things uh, to friends and families from getting people off anxiety pills to people telling mm-hmm. me, that, hey, my back pain's gone. Hey, I've sl- I'm sleeping like I slept in high school. Hey, my recovery's better. I, I've gotten that feedback. So now I can get behind it officially, um, even though we're not there with the data and research. But anecdotally, I'm, I'm, I'm all behind it. Um, I've seen a change in myself. I've seen a change in my mom. She has you know, minor arthritis. And she's like, hey, like, I take CBD and that arthritis is gone. Um, so anecdotal evidence is, is more than enough for myself right now. And mm-hmm. I think you go online and you'll see testimonials from tons of people, tons. And, and it, there's right now today, I think there's over 20,000 publications on cannabis that you can go and Google and find right now today in your lifetime. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't be able to read it all if you went through all of those. Mm-hmm. So there is, there is data and research. It's very limited. It's very expensive and it's very difficult to get done because of regulations. Yeah. But now that the door's opening and and legalization has started in Canada and we can start getting these trials done and getting more answers, uh, I I think that's fantastic. You, so you talk about the few animal stories that you shared and that they were almost immediate results. It was like two, three days of eating CBD cookies or whatever it was. And then you use your own story of, um, using the capsules for a couple of weeks, not really feeling anything. Yep. When did that change in terms of, obviously you're super into how impressive this plant can be. Yes. But when did that change for you personally? Yeah. So I, and is that common for people to start using it and not really feel any different? Yeah, it is. Um, most definitely there's, uh, I, I think going back, taking a step back and just talking more about the plant, there's, there's over a hundred different cannabinoids in a plant. Everyone's very familiar with THC, you know, the one that gets you high. Then there's mm-hmm. CBD, but there's a, you know, a, a, almost a hundred different other ones. And each of them have their own therapeutic benefits. A lot of the CBD that people are taking is just that single CBD compound. Mm. Now, when you take something which is called a full spectrum, you get the whole plant. So you're, they're extracting the whole plant and now you're getting terpenes, cannabinoids, THC and CBD and trace amounts of some others. And there's something called the entourage effect. And what the entourage effect is, essentially, they, all these cannabinoids are working synergistically and enhancing each other's properties mm. with the terpenes. And it can be, and it has starting to show, to be much more effective than just a CBD isolate. Mm. Right now in the United States, uh, there's only one legal FDA-approved CBD product called Epidolex. And it was the first one uh, that was approved and used for children for epilepsy. Uh, but ultimately, that, that product is just an isolate. Um, you know, the, the cannabis plant is a pharmacy in itself. So it's like a multivitamin, right? Like you, you take a multivitamin to get that full spectrum, right? You don't, you don't want to just get potassium or magnesium. magnesium. You, want, you want everything. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar to a cannabis plant. There's only one product in the States that is legally allowed to use CBD. Is that what you said? Yes. One product called Epidolex uh, that's produced by GW Pharmaceuticals, who has gone through clinical trials, and I think they're UK-based, and, and done all the 
you know, the due diligence and spent lots of money and getting clinical trials and and the FDA has only approved that single. But there are many other CBD products that are used and sold. Yes. There's probably I've you know over ten thousand different brands in the United States, with another five hundred to a thousand coming up every month. So what's the advantage of that company going through all that red tape to be FDA approved? I, I think that just allows them to, you know, well, one getting that legal stamp, mm. uh, and doctors being allowed to actually prescribe it, and allowing people to get it from a, an actual pharmacy. That's the only drug that you can actually go to a pharmacy and you know get over behind the counter. Sorry. Uh, which is Epidolex. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Carl, where do we go from here? Jeez. That's a lot of information. <laughs> That's a lot of information. Uh, where do I want to go here? I guess in terms of using it, uh, what is the, what's the right way to use it? And how much are you supposed to take per dose? Let's use, let's use really generalized terms in terms of like maybe someone who's suffering with a little bit of back pain or neck pain or something like that, or just for overall health. Sure. Um, you know, you know, dosaging is actually quite tricky with, um, with CBD. Uh, I think originally they thought that you'd, you needed about 10 MG per hundred pounds okay. um, uh, as, a, as, a, as a starting base. However, you know, more and more research is showing is that that's not the case. You know, it doesn't matter uh, about your size or uh, your weight. Um, it, it's really how your receptors work and how it interacts with your 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 brain and cognition and and your spinal cord and CB1 receptors and really gets kind of into the complexity of how just as as humans work. But it, you know, if I had to say, if you were a, a first time user and have back pain, uh, what I usually recommend is you start with, um, you know, 10 MG, uh, whether it's in the morning or afternoon or night, uh, you can take it twice a day and uh, see if it helps, right? So, so you, you almost want to listen to your body. So you don't feel anything, then you can increase. Uh, you don't feel anything, increase again. You can go all the way, you can go all the way up to 100 MG a day. Uh, the only real side effect you're going to get from taking 100 MG a day, you might get a little bit drowsy, you might fall asleep. That's it. There's no other, you know, you're not going to, you know, hallucinate. You're not going to, you know, go crazy or anything like that. The only thing you'll get is you'll get a little bit drowsy. So <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, you can, can go ahead and drive and run a motor vehicle. It's not, uh, it's not psychoactive. Um, so, yeah, usually depending on... Um, on your ailments, I know for like anxiety, you don't need a whole lot. Uh, you can start off with a low dose, but you need to adjust according, accordingly to yourself. You need to listen to your body and understand that uh, even though you may not feel anything and and everyone has a different kind of experience, uh, but at times you may not notice it's working and then you'll be in an interaction and you go, wait a second, I'm usually not this calm. Oh, usually I have pain in that scenario. And that's when you're kind of like, ah, it is working subtly. It's working there, but it, and that's just kind of how your endo endocabinoid system works. Danny, did you notice any of that? Like when you started taking it, did it help at all? Or were you just not consistent with it? That's probably the, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't. And and some people do kind of have an initiation. Uh, I I noticed some people uh, in rare cases can take up to 
uh, I wouldn't say rare, but seven to 10 business or seven to 10 days before they actually, yeah, it's work, the work day. I'm in work <laughs> mode right now. Uh, and others can take up to 30. So uh, yeah, I think you want to take it consistently for at least up to a month and do some trial and error and see how it works and take it different times throughout the day. Um, you know, majority of them are used with carrier oils like MCT oil. And uh, I wasn't very familiar with MCT oil, but uh, triglycerides actually get your brain working. So if you take it at night, some people might not be able to sleep. Um, mm. So, you know, you want to really play around. You might take it two hours before you sleep. You might take a lot less at night. Um, so I've been playing around with that myself. And uh, there's the odd time where I'll take it right before I sleep and I like lay down and like I'm wide awake. Like what's going on here? Like, <laughs> isn't this supposed to help me make me sleep? And then I take it two hours. The next day I take it two hours before I'm out like a baby. Take a little extra. I'm wired. Take a little lot, a lot less. Sleep like a baby. So it's very interesting. I think it, uh, you know, these receptors they regulate your mood and your body and and your immune system. So all of that plays a factor as well. What is there a right way to take it? And does that affect how much your body absorbs? Because uh, I've been told to put it on my tongue, like you said, or underneath your tongue, like you said. I've been told to put it in a smoothie in the morning. Is that going to affect what you what benefits you get from it? So usually they tell you to put it underneath your tongue because there's a blood vessel there and it it gets into through your bloodstream through that blood vessel and okay. you can leave it there for if you really wanted to you can leave it on there for about ten minutes. Um, I'm not saying you need to do that, but you can <laughs> for better absorption. Uh, bioavailability is going to be a, a word that you start to see quite often uh, as we move forward with with CBD absorption. Uh, bioavailability is you know. You know, if you eat, say, a CBD chocolate, it needs to go through your body and through your liver, and it takes time. It's like mm-hmm. eating a, a marijuana cookie, right? Like, you don't know when that thing's going to hit you. <laughs> you can be sitting there like, oh, I didn't do anything. You eat some more, and then next thing you know, you're like glued to the couch, and you're, you're like, call the police. Uh, but if you smoke a joint, it comes on quick and fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so bioavailability will be a huge thing that going, going forward. To the second part of your question um, is is putting it with with smoothies is interesting because it can there's adaptogens so i don't know if you kind of heard like you know if you smoke weed and you have a mango it actually enhances your high Mm. it's actually because there's terpenes in mangoes and that terpene will actually modulate and and do an entourage effect interesting synergistically you'll have this interesting effect uh you know, try taking CBD with some cacao and see how you feel. We have, I've had a chance to try our chocolates and, uh, they get you a little bit giddy. Like you're, you're like, you're like a little <laughs> grin on your face. You're like, what's going on? And you know, you're like, and it's the cacao and your endo, endogenous cannabinoid system playing together and synergistically like it's, it's these neural pathways are tr- like firing off and you're just like, Oh, okay. Hey, I feel good. Here's something cool. You know when you go for a run, and afterwards, after your run, you kind of have this thing called the runner's high? Mm-hmm. And they always thought that was adrenaline, endorphins. It's actually your endocannabinoid system. The runner's high is your ca- cannabinoid system being stimulated. So it's not endorphins. There's probably endorphins and, 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 and adrenaline as well, but the endocannabinoid system is actually the main runner's high. That's mm-hmm. actually what's triggering your high. So it'd be like taking a CBD hit. 
Now, if you get a CBD vape pen and you take, I, I wish I brought some here. I don't, <laughs> I don't have them here, but I've had a chance to try those and they instantly put a smile on your face. I had one two days ago and you do feel it. Yeah. But it was, it was a one-to-one. So one, uh, I guess one milligram THC to CBD. CBD, okay. Is that normal or is that high? Uh, I would say that's, it, it depends. Uh, that's a lot of THC in my opinion. Um, but so what, what's something very unique about the company that I work with is we have uh, a broad spectrum. So we don't have any THC in it, but we have four different ca- cannabinoids in it. So we have CBD, CBDV, THCV and CBG in our in our formula, and THCV, uh, you know, is kind of that antagonist to THC, kind of curbs your appetite, but it can also give you this euphoric, short bursts of euphoria mm. with uh, mental clarity and energy. And I almost, for me, the best way to describe it is is tunnel vision with clarity. Uh, it was funny. I, I had someone try it and we went for dinner and we're sitting at the table and we're at a round table and there's 10 of us. And, and the female that tried it, she goes, she goes, I can hear everyone's conversation right now. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? And I'm like, and I've had that feeling. So it's this short burst of mental clarity. And she's like, I'm talking to you, but I can understand that there's three other conversations happening here. And, and I'm like, that's the THCV. Like, is that psycho- psychoactive? Hey, yeah, there's there's a few reports saying that it is psychoactive, and then there's other reports saying that it's not psychoactive. Huh. I personally think it's more euphoric. Like yeah. You take five tinels, you're going to get something. You're going to sure. feel something, right? So I, I, I think it's similar to that. Uh, there's not enough studies done to really clearly indicate whether it's psychoactive or not. Personally, I think it's more euphoric. Uh, and then the one study that came out in the UK is it's a very small study and they've deemed it uh, psychoactive, but the efficacy is very limited. I personally don't. We'll, we'll, we'll know eventually, but right now I don't, I don't think it is. If you uh, take CBD and then go for a run, does that <laughs> exemplify the, uh... Uh, yeah, I, I know people who take it before workout and after workout. Uh, some people, uh, my brother, for example, um, he'll take it, a couple of a very very small amount probably one or two mg and he gets some energy like a pre-workout mm-hmm. and then goes to the gym uh, personally myself i like taking it afterwards because it uh for me it it starts the recovery phase okay um so i'm i'm ready trying to you know let the body heal um so everyone's a little bit different i know people who take in they're like yeah i feel a little bit mellow you know it gets you really calm so maybe that's not what you're looking for when you're in the gym uh, but as we get further down this path with different cannabinoids and terpenes, I, you, there's going to be profiles like right now they're in the States. You can get, you know, CBD calm, CBD relief, CBD energy, but they're using adaptogens for sleep is usually melatonin, you know, energy. They'll put ashwagandha or whatever they're, they'll put in turmeric for pain relief, additional pain relief. But, uh, you know, wait till we really start unlocking what's each one of these cannabinoids can do as a therapeutic benefit. That's where things will get exciting, let alone adding adaptogens and modulators. Uh, Cause they can, mo- you can modulate your receptors. Uh, you know, for example, with cacao, you know, if people eat chocolate, you feel happy. You're like, oh, I feel good. Take it with CPD. You're like, okay, like something, something's going on here. Like something, something's happening. So it's really, really cool. I, I understand you're not a scientist, but can you 
give us a little bit of background or a simple background on um, like what it does to your brain? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Um, so we all have an endocannabinoid system in our bodies. It wasn't really recently discovered until the eighties. Um, what's what's and we we naturally produce cannabinoids in our system and i I personally think that maybe we're deficient or they're not being stimulated in the right way Uh, there's there's other things you can do to stimulate your endocannabinoid system you can take hot and cold baths that's shown to stimulate your endocannabinoid system cryotherapy you go and google cryotherapy and cannabinoids it's amazing (laughs) like you there's actually research and you know science behind it um breast milk is an abundant of cannabinoids interesting wow and one of the studies i read about that was uh babies uh when they have breast milk it uh stimulates the suckling so it actually makes them want to have more breast milk Mm. that one cannabinoid initiates that receptor it's really, really interesting so the way you know as it as we have this system, uh, the endocannabinoid system in our bodies, which connects to every single cell tissue in our body, it connects through our spinal cord, through our brain, to everything, your toes, to your fingers, to your mood swings, to every single thing you can think of, and directly connects to our central nervous system, our peripheral nervous system. Um, this is how these receptors work. The neurotransmitters work. Now, when you take CBD, what it does is it's kind of, it's just, it's, it's a spike. You're getting it directly. Uh, and I kind of told you about that lock and key analogy. So if you have pain, for example, your body is telling you to, your brain is telling you, hey, there's pain here. Okay. Like, boom, like you got pain. Now, if you take CBD, the studies have shown is it binds with that receptor and it blocks that receptor. So it doesn't allow you to feel that pain anymore. And uh, there's, there's a word that's going to be called, you're going to hear a lot, it's called neuroplasticity. And neuroplasticity is basically, you know, the stimulus of everything that's happening in your body. Um, you know, if it's how we have anxiety or stress. Uh, you know, it's every single thing that you can think of how the body operates and moves. And that's why when you take CBD, it works with these receptors in a sense where it's, it's the, Oh, I'm trying to, I gotta dial it back now and confuse myself. Uh, so with the receptors itself, they work as a lock and key mechanism. Uh, you know, the brain is so complex where we're, we're I don't even know how many trillions of little receptors that are firing off. And, and one of the studies I read, they actually, they stated like it can get corrupt. Mm. And, and as we're all wired, CBD acts as that lock and key mechanism and finds that lock and, and, and finds the key for the lock and unlocks it and allows the neural pathways to work as intended. Uh, And really all it does is it brings your body back to homeostasis and homeostasis is, you know, a form of healing. And uh, one of my colleagues is the best way he explains it. He's like, you know, kind of like meditation in a bottle. <laughs> and, and, you know, everyone does meditation. And, and there's, there's scientific research that meditation helps. And you can heal through meditation. So it's very similar to how that works. 
just allows the body, it takes your brain out of the equation, just lets the body do what it needs to do to heal. And you don't have to take CBD. You can do a lot of other things by staying healthy, by staying fit, by having your posture good, by getting enough sleep, giving yourself the right you know, tools to always be the best that you can be. I hope that kind of explains it. It's, it's very complex, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know, as, as we get more data and more research, I think, and some infographics will be a lot easier to digest. <laughs> and there's no side effects? Uh, side effects other than drowsiness? Yeah, the, the, I would say, you know, I don't think you want to say no side effects. Um, the, the World Health Organization has a great report on it. Um, for, from what I've seen, the real, the real, the only side effect I've seen is, is yeah, you might get a little bit tired, you might get a little bit drowsy. And usually what that means, is your body telling you that you're not getting enough rest. <laughs> That's what usually what it means. So your body is already going into the homeostasis mode and telling you, Hey, like you need to heal. Um, a, a, an amazing example was, uh, my, one of my friends, he, he was an amazing basketball player. Uh, he was actually the number one ranked basketball player in BC. And, uh, who's that? Uh, his name's Mindy. I see the guy I was talking about. He was, how old is he? Carl and I both play provincial team. Okay. He's a young chap. He's only 21 or 22 right now. Do you know him? Mindy Minhas? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Carl coaches high school basketball now too. Oh, okay. Oh, awesome. Sweet. Small world. Uh, so his story is very interesting. And, uh, after winning the provincial champions, uh, two weeks later, he got diagnosed with colitis <laughs> and, uh, you know, he was, he went through a roller coaster for, and battled really, really hard. Uh, you know, was basically unable to, play basketball and uh, just a, a really dark time for him. And uh, he actually overcome it. And uh, I, I'll rather have him, I'd rather have you have him here and let him explain his story. But uh, one piece that I wanted to get to is, uh, so, so CBD saved his life. It literally mm-hmm. saved his life. And when he first started taking it, he said that he felt a cooling sensation in the area where he had pain. And, uh, it was interesting because in my head, I'm like, it's a healing process. Like it's starting to heal. And, I, and I've gotten that from other people too that have had colitis where they go, hey, like I took it, but I kind of got this tingling and cold sensation. They kind of got afraid. And even myself, I didn't, I didn't really know at that time. It was so early. And now that I'm starting to get more and more anecdotal evidence, I'm just like, oh, like, it's actually trying to, you're like, you're healing. Like it's crazy to think. And, and some people get really, really tired. Because the healing process can, you know, can take a lot out of you. And can, you know, so they're like, hey, I get really tired. I'm like, I'll take it before you sleep. Then. So, uh, yeah, no, the, you, you should really, uh, Mindy, Mindy's a great guy. Uh, and he has an amazing story to tell himself. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely connect you to. And you yeah, can have you love to. Yeah. How long does a dose last? And how uh, long should you take it for? You mentioned that you like taking it like a month at a time and then taking a few days off. Yeah, I, I, for myself, everyone's a little bit different. Um, the half-life, I believe, is five days. Um, but you'll people who kind of feel the effects of CBD say it wears off um, anywhere from eight hours to 36 hours. Okay. Uh, wow. But the half-life is about five days. But generally, feel, generally speaking, uh, if you do feel anything, it's a short, short three to six hour kind of span. Um, and then... 
really like once you get your back to where you're at, you, 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 it's not, uh, it's not something that, uh, you're like, Oh, I gotta take this. Like there's days I, I go without it for weeks. Uh, some days I notice it, some days I don't. Uh, but I, yeah, I got like my whole family on it. My brother, my mom, my dad, you know, I have my dog on it. So, <laughs> uh, and there's no, I personally, I don't think there's any wrong time to take it. You have to understand how your body works and how it operates and find out when's the best time for you to take it. Uh, whether, uh, if you have, you know, day-to-day anxiety or a very stressful job, um, you can take it before you go to work. Uh, if you need it for, I think there was a study done where they did a double blind test with, uh, I think 80 individuals where they, um, had them do, uh, uh just like a Toastmaster. So they got in front and a lot of them had anxiety. So they did a double, double blind test. And I think, I think a, a pretty high number either it was 40 or 60% uh, noticed a significant boost in confidence while speaking <laughs> in front of people. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And for myself, I think after taking it about a month, I, I remember telling people, I'm like, put me in front of a thousand people. I can go in, in front of a thousand <laughs> people right now and I can go and talk to them. So, uh, so it's amazing how everyone reacts a little bit different. Some people may take a little bit of time. Uh, and if I've also noticed that if you have, say, arthritis, anxiety, and depression, I've noticed that it kind of works towards the worst kind of ailment you have. And then it'll kind of progressively work on the other things. Very anecdotal there. But yeah. Do you think that, do you think it has something to do almost with like mentally what you're thinking? You're thinking, oh, depression is the worst thing that I suffer from. Arthritis is just starting. It's not that bad, but I do feel it. Do you think that has something to do mentally? Because obviously it's not the drug that it's not the CBD in your body saying, oh, I understand that this person, Cindy, is suffering from depression. I'm going to work on that first. (laughs) Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I think the, the, the body and mind is so powerful, man. Like you, you, you look at like athletes who manifest winning an NBA championship there, there are studies have shown that if you manifest something, uh, mm-hmm. even manifest cancer, it, it's, I think you can, you can, if the mind is so powerful, you can do crazy things with it. So manifestation definitely plays a part, but you want to use that as a positive manifestation. So if you're like, Hey, I have anxiety and depression of burying it deep like don't don't think of cbd as a cure or an aid it just mediates Mm. you still have to find the root cause of what's happening um that's that's the way i see it um sure professional athletes can use it for anti-inflammation but but ultimately the mind you have to master your own mind and understand what what's making or causing you to feel this emotion or or anxiety or depression or whether it's you know i think a lot of people a lot of kids go through a rough time and it's starting to show that uh, i can't remember i think it was they were saying from five to the age of five or eleven uh really can mold uh your brain uh, as a child to grow up and have anxiety or depression sorry you made a good point there i wanted to <laughs> yeah yeah no worries <clears throat> Who should take it? Who should, should take it? Try huh. it and see what it does for them. Should it be someone who's experiencing some sort of pain or anxiety, or should you wait till you have an ailment to to try it? Um, all all very good, valid questions. Personally, I think uh, the people who who should take it are are individuals who are taking uh, prescription pills 
and, and literally damaging their bodies and organs and falling into an opiate crisis when there are other alternatives. Mm. When traditional methods aren't working and your doctors and physicians uh, who have been guided to tell you, take this, take this. They don't t- teach you preventative maintenance. Right. Um, in, in my opinion, those people should be the first. Uh, you know, you know. It's, so I have some friends in Denver, Colorado, who started the first dispensaries out there. And uh, as that, uh, as have they've as they've evolved since legalizing cannabis, your average user age demographic is forty five years old. Wow, it's not twenty year olds. Yeah, it's not thirty year olds. It's forty five year olds because they have either some anxiety or some depression or some joint pain. So. I think as this market matures, we're going to start seeing that we're not the sure everyone is the audience, but majority of the audience are, are individuals who are kind of getting a little bit older. who are starting to have that back pain. Um, you know, maybe we'll, as we get down further with research, sure. Athletes will start using it for, you know, whether it's, it helps with endurance or recovery or sleep. There is a cannabinoid, not a naturally uh, found cannabinoid in a plant. Actually, the degradation of THC. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So I'll take one more too. Yeah, why not? (laughs) Thank you. Uh, So there's actually a cannabinoid called CBN. And it's actually the degradation. Uh, CBN is the degradation of THC. And what that does it's actually an, it's a natural sedative. So I, I, that's going to be really, really cool to see as, as we start getting abundance of it. And it's actually not that hard to convert it from THC to CBN. Does this happen in your body or no? No, it's not a, I don't think it's an actual natural occurring, uh, uh, don't confirm me on it, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't, uh, it doesn't naturally produce in your body nor does it naturally produce in a plant. It's the degradation of THC. So if you, if you ever have uh, sleeping issues, if you wanted to, you could take some marijuana and put it in the sun, leave it there for well, like a full 12 hours and let it just, let the THC degrade. Smoke it and see how fast you fall asleep. Really? Yeah. So, so that, that's the, like stuff like that is really, really cool. And I'm just like, you know, What's, what's one of the biggest problems when people travel? You know, it's jet lag and get in a hotel and your business class, whatever, and you're like, I can't sleep. Imagine if they offered a beverage that had CBN in it and you're like, crack it open and boom, you're out and it's all natural. And you know? so many people suffer from lack of sleep. Yeah. It just leads to so many problems, right? Yeah. yeah. Is there anywhere to get that right now? I've seen some companies uh, in the United States. In Canada, no. Yeah, Canada, we're very limited for anything really as you can see mm-hmm. um but uh, you know they're opening the doors here for topicals and edibles uh, i think in october but there's they're starting something new called chap cannabis health approved something I, I don't know exactly what it is but they're starting a new governing body just on topicals mm-hmm. um however in the states with it being a wild wild west uh it's it's easier to find uh some of these uh, you know, well, you can find it almost anything, uh, but there is a company out there that I'm aware of that does have CBN and some high CBN formulas. Uh, I haven't had a chance to try it. Actually, I, I was talking to a friend who's in the States 
And he's like, hey, I have some CBN shots. I want you to try it out. Um, I just don't think we're going to ship it across the border because that's not allowed. So <laughs> <laughs> so next time I'm in the States or something, I'll, I'll hang out with them and and uh, I'll, I'll give it a whirl. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Like I, I, I've never tried it before. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm just going to fall asleep. Or, but the claim to fame is that it makes you drowsy, helps you sleep? It's a natural sedative. Okay. Yeah. Are doctors starting to come on board? They should. And are per, they, though? I, they are. Or is they it are. just going to be I, one I've, of those things that takes time? I've spoken to some doctors, uh, friends who are, are intrigued. Um, you got to keep in mind that, uh, not to knock any shade on doctors, they're great. They're wonderful people. They do amazing things. Um, but uh, they, they also, you know, they spend three hours learning on nutrition out of their full eight years of learning how becoming a doctor <laughs> is that so, all? <laughs> three hours that's it that's they get crazy. three hours of education on nutrition all right so um i i think a lot of doctors understand and have recommended i personally know doctors who have recommended um cannabis to some of their patients and uh they they will come along uh, personally if your doctor tells you don't use cannabis Go see a different doctor because I don't think that's valid. I don't think that's, that's not, that's not something that, especially with a country that's now legalized it and having medicinal cannabis, I, I, it does wonders and whatever we can do to help people stop taking these vicious cycles of prescription pills from anxiety, depression, to sleep, to whatever it is. And they just keep pushing you through the circle. Um, you know, Oxycontin's, they don't even... They don't even announce it in our news anymore for how many kids are dying of overdoses. That's how, how many kids are dying from fentanyl and, and Oxycontin deaths. They don't even announce it in the news because it's that many. Um, so whatever we can do to help. And if you think cannabis is still a drug, then so be it. Uh, that It will take a little bit of time, but we'll get, we'll get the message across and we'll do it right uh, with the help of, with the government, as, as we kind of progress with this legalization and, and doctors we'll get there. I, I think everyone will come on board. It'll just take a little bit, a little bit of time. What's the biggest hurdle? Why are, why are people so against trying it out? Is it lack of research? Is it just the stigma? I, I think it's, it's majority of is, is stigma. It's those campaigns that have been infused in people's brains since the thirties. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's hard to break um, habits. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's very, very difficult uh, we live in some of the greatest times and, and with social media and, and, and trending topics now and, and cannabis is huge. Like, you know, go on Instagram, you'll see Dan Bilzerian and all his girls out there smoking <laughs> and ignite, you know, CBD pens. And, uh, you know, there's, there's some really good partnerships coming out with cannabis. So, uh, I think it's the older generation that has a little bit tougher time. I know my parents did mm-hmm. even my grandparents. Uh, but when you start educating them, telling them that, like, like, like this, is, this old plant, it's been around, you know, like in our, in our culture, uh, Ayurvedic medicine has been around for how many years? Uh, Tibetan medicine has been around for how many years? Cannabis has been around for the same amount of time and it's been used for medicinal purposes. I think in the 1920s, doctors actually, this is the truth, it, before Reefer Madness and all those campaigns started, cannabis was prescribed by pharmacists and doctors to help with joint pain. You can go to, uh, I think in Spain and in Amsterdam, they have uh, these 
old museums of, of cannabis. Like you can go and see these big brown tinctures and it says cannabis and it's, it literally was used as, as medicine. So we're, unfortunately it took us almost a hundred years, but we're making a full circle and we're coming back. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's really cool to, you know, and, and I've, I talked to guys who have been hemp and cannabis advocates for 50 years. So I'm, I'm glad that they can see this transition in their lifetime. Mm. Yeah. So what, what do people not know? What should people know about it? Um, you know, that's a pretty broad question. Yeah. You know, I guess the biggest stigma is for sure. Hey, is, is it addicted? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it addicting? Is, is it, am I, am I gonna, am I gonna turn into a junkie? Like they, they, they people thought it was a gateway drug, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to say cannabis is or not a gateway drug, but alcohol is definitely a much bigger precursor to trying other drugs than cannabis. Um, and I, I think it's just been the, the, the stigma and the years and years of, of marketing habits from whether it's the, you know, the biggest lobbyists are big pharma, alcohol and tobacco companies. They're the ones who have been lobbying the government and spending millions of dollars and making sure that cannabis remains illegal. And now that, it's slowly coming to fruition and it's coming around and not just in Canada or America, but globally, uh, guess who's transitioning faster than anyone else, alcohol and tobacco companies, <laughs> Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's the system. The system makes it difficult. Uh, it's always about money and power and greed and all that, you know, the powers that be and kind of control stuff. So, um, you know, even, even now, you know, the, one of the, the biggest commercials I keep seeing right now is don't drive and get high. And they're spending so much money on that campaign. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I get it. Don't, don't drive and don't, don't, don't drive and get high. Actually, funny that I mentioned that. I don't know if you guys read UBC just did a a five year long study on whether consuming cannabis and driving actually affects you. And it turns out that it, they couldn't come to a conclusive (laughs) answer. Yeah. Yeah. They couldn't. Five year study. Yeah. 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 With all the accidents and and checked out, you know, I'll have to send you a link to it. It's, yeah. So, and I I've even seen something way back when I think it's still on YouTube where they had people actually smoke marijuana and made them go through these driving tests, and some people would just straight up fail. But then there was a good chunk of people that just drove better, right? Because <laughs> like, they were relaxed. They were and yeah. they were just focused. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're you're just more aware. You're like oh like you're like oh, I don't want to I don't want to crash. Like the tunnel vision thing you said you mentioned earlier. Yeah, so it was that would really probably vary based on the strain as well. No, though. I think it was just as, as uh, that was just I think THC, just like so marijuana wow. as a whole. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the yeah, UBC just came out with a study just just as of late, and they were just like yeah, so like. Apparently it may not affect your motor driving skills. And I was like, oh, okay. Like that's pretty cool. And, uh, and even now I don't even know how they're testing for it. They're using some beta pilot testing here locally where, um, I think they make you blow into something and they, I, I really don't know because I, I know people who smoke weed and they're high for days. I know people who are like, some people are really sensitive to marijuana and they actually are, cause it stays in your system for 30 plus days. How would that blowing thing work with edibles? I, I don't know if they're checking like like I think ultimately at one point they're like we want to be able to take a blood test from right, right there and it's like so ridiculous that's so crazy right yeah. like we're, we're right so yeah and I I don't know how they're going to really combat that but uh, uh, yeah I don't, I don't know it's just funny to me it just we'll get there eventually I guess I don't know so 
This is more a curiosity thing, and I don't know if you know the answer or not, but mm -hmm. how does uh, cannabis mix with alcohol? <laughs> uh, mm, I've done it. <laughs> it's not good. I personally don't think it's, uh, it's a good thing to do. I don't uh, kind of see like alcohol as an upper and cannabis kind of as a downer. You get them together, you might mess you up a little bit, but... I don't know, sometimes you have a couple of beers and you might smoke a joint and you're like, hey, I kind of feel really good right now. Mm -hmm. You smoke a little bit too much, you get the spins and you forget to breathe and you're like, okay, this, this is not fun anymore. So uh, <laughs> I, I personally, I think it's best to have them separate. It's kind of funny, my dad used to, I, I, I used to smoke a lot and now I've stopped and I frequent here and there and I actually smoke a lot less. Personally, I actually get anxiety from now. I think it's just, it's too damn strong. Like I can't, I can't keep up with it. And, uh, my dad used to always tell me, he's like, if you're going to, if you're going to smoke, don't drink. But if you're going to drink, don't smoke. Like, don't do them together, right? And I'm just like, okay, dad, thanks for the, thanks for the solid advice. I, I don't know the research behind it, but uh, I even, you know, the United States went crazy where they started putting CBD in cocktails, food and everything, because it does, it binds and it, it does cause some additional, you know, reactions. Uh, but personally, I don't think you should be taking it with cannabis. <laughs> anecdotally though for hangovers cbd has, has done some some interesting things for some of my friends it's like hey man i had a hangover i took some of your cbd and i don't have a hangover anymore i'm like <laughs> all right man just good good to know right so uh and 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 that's just and it gets crazy because i feel like tcv and alcohol does not like each other mm. versus cbd and alcohol sure you know people are doing it in the states and people are still doing it uh, I, I use use CBD for the therapeutic benefits that it should be used for. Don't try to supplement it with like, oh, I'm going to go drink my face off so that way in the morning I can just take CBD and not have a hangover. Mm -hmm. That's not how you want to live your life. Yeah, no, that sounds <laughs> really good. <laughs> uh, the goal is to get healthy, not, <laughs> not to drink your face off, right? So, Can we talk a little bit about your, the business that you're working with now? Sure. Um, so the company's name is uh, Blue Sky Biologicals. Uh, I actually met the CEO through Mindy, um, and uh, we just kind of had one discussion, and and uh, one discussion led to another, and we just started kind of vibing. And uh, I was off work at that time, and he got to know a little bit more about my background, uh, IT background, and entrepreneurial stuff that I had done uh, from digital marketing to e-commerce. And it just so happened at that time, uh, he, uh, as the company was, you know, very, very small, I think there was less than five employees at that time and they were still filling, figuring out the business model. I woke up to a text one morning and he was, it was literally woke up and it said, Hey Abby, uh, how do you feel about, uh, running my whole online operation? I was like, what? Like, <laughs> and, and, and at this time I think I had known him for maybe four months and we had a lot of discussions back and forth and about a lot of other things. And, um, ultimately I wanted this, I did, I did want to get in the business and, and, and use my skill sets, uh, in the cannabis space, let on CBD. And yeah, one thing led to another, I, 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 the scope of it was quite vast and large. And I told him, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to have to get some backup here. I need a, I need someone to help me with everything that needs to be done. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And you know, one thing led to another and it spiraled off. And, and, and as the team kind of grew, um, you know, uh, uh, I think it's been a year now and, and, uh, you know, we're launching globally. 
uh, in the U.S., U.K., Europe, and Asia, uh, and uh, it's it's been a roller coaster uh, of emotions, a lot of fun, uh, a lot of struggles, but learning learning lots. Everyone's learning in this industry. Everyone is technically a startup in a new whole new industry, in my opinion. Even Canopy, you know, the largest guys, Canopy Growth, are, are, are you know, sure they're they're the biggest in the cannabis space. But as I don't know if you guys heard, they just fired their CEO. Did they? Yeah, yeah, yesterday they fired their CEO. So this industry is very interesting. It's it's not as big as you think. Everyone's very interconnected, but it's also a, quite a wild, wild west right now. And 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 everyone's on their tippy toes. Every everyone, you know, things are changing so fast on a day to day basis. Uh, and, and that's state by state in the United States, um, globally in every country, uh, and even Canada. You know, there's just just the other day they introduced this new chap thing which is a new governing body um so uh you know my expertise is i I like to stay on top of the markets and uh, look at a competition um we were launched in the united states right now uh we just launched with six tinctures our capsules are on board six six different tinctures so uh, different strengths 250 mg all the way up to a thousand and then we have uh Three same strength, but uh, infused with supercritical uh, CO two turmeric and rosemary extracts. Mm. Uh, so ro- rosemary is a super powerful ant- antioxidant, uh, turmeric anti anti inflammatory property. So uh, some really we've had some really good feedback from our consumers on those. And then we got some capsules that are on the way. We have some chocolates. Chocolates are being made in Peru. With Peruvian oh. cacao, uh, so I've had a chance to try them. They're amazing. Uh, we have some vape pens. Beverages will be coming, and then yeah, we have a whole cosmetic care and uh, and pet care. So that's kind of on the roadmap for the end of the year. Uh, so there's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of moving parts, uh, a lot of uh, relationships in the in the horizon, and uh, and just the team. The team's very very powerful. Uh, so I'm I'm very excited. I'm very passionate about it. Um, I left my kind of my financial career for this and, uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. The journey is, has been great. Do you guys, uh, deal strictly in CBD product? Yes. Okay. Uh, we're strictly hemp and CB, uh, cannabinoids. Um, uh, that's kind of our, our focus uh, at the moment and, and probably will be our, our core focus will be on, uh, ingestibles cosmetic topicals and pet care and the reason for not selling in canada is because of all this crazy, crazy uh, legislation there's, yeah there's a few you know there's a few things yeah. you have to be the you know a licensed producer you have to have your hemp farms or your hemp farms have to be here uh, you got to go through a lot of loops and holes and you got to spend a lot of money and uh, canada's a small market mm-hmm. yeah, yeah totally. we're, we're a small market uh sure we got a, a leading a leading uh play a leading a head start on on getting, you know, obviously legalization, but uh, ultimately there's there's bigger markets out there. The UK and Europe is is I think pushing really really fast in in the cannabis space, specifically in hemp and CBD, um, and then Asia Asia's you know half half the world's populations out there, so uh, that's a huge market as well. Do you know much about the uh, manufacturing process? Uh, I I do. Um, the, you know, the extraction is done. There's two ways of how the extraction happens. It's usually either through CO2 extraction or ethanol based extraction. Um, there's, 
tons of um, you know pros and cons using either or. Um, ethanol is more efficient, however, uh, it's a little bit more difficult to make sure you get uh, more of a pure uh, extraction, I guess you could say, where CO two is always more consistent and always more um, pure uh, with the potency levels and getting all the and you think you retain more of the terpenes, I believe. Uh, but ultimately, uh, ethanol, I, I think, from a scalability side, it, is much better. Mm. Yeah. And where is your growth done that you guys use? Yeah, so our, our hemp is actually uh, sourced from southern China uh, in the province of Hunan. Uh, it's, they call it nature's garden. Uh, and the reason why that uh, part of our, our joint venture is uh, with China in southern Hunan is because their culture uh, China has has the longest relationship with hemp. It goes back five thousand plus years. Uh, they they've been using industrial hemp for much longer than any other country in the world. Uh, you know, some of the oldest records show that cannabis was used uh, in China and found in China. Their first strains were kind of found in China. So they have some amazing genetics, uh, and they have lots of lots of research. Uh, behind it and uh, the partners the partnership between the two companies just made sense and uh, that's something that my ceo can definitely speak more to but um yeah that was kind of one one of the main directions uh leading to to blue sky kind of going and and really coming out with something very unique compared to what everyone else has uh, i don't think there's anything else on the market actually today that has our formula so personally i i i think the future of, of CBD is, is going to be innovation and research. You know, like I said, there's 10,000 brands out there. How do you know which one to pick? You know, you know there's full spectrum. Sure, full spectrum is the whole plant, uh, which is everything. They don't actually take anything out. Then there's something called broad spectrum, which is the whole plant minus THC. And then there's isolate. So they just isolate a single compound, which is, you know, whether it's CBD or THC or, or whatnot. What makes your guys is unique obviously not like the formula but what affects what like what's different about yours than the other 10,000 brands sure um so i think uh if you compare us to other full spectrum brands and uh, is yours full spectrum it, it's we were calling it full spectrum but the industry has decided to call it broad spectrum because there's no THC in it gotcha okay but you know, there's, there's no governing body that said, hey, this is what it's got to be. It's just what the industry has decided to call it. Um, so we're actually a broad spectrum, which means we're the whole plant minus THC. So there's no THC in our products. And all six of the... Yeah, every single one of our products is broad spectrum. Okay. Um, we kind of like to call ourselves a multi-cannabinoid complex. And what really differentiates us from any other player, and I've looked at hundreds of COAs, which are certificate of analysis of all these other companies you kind of you, you get a report done by a third-party lab uh, and they'll they'll run it and do you know potency tests check for solvents and uh, pesticides and chemicals and so forth um, what i've noticed is majority of the companies uh, that have kind of a broad spectrum or full spectrum they have about 90 to 95 percent of cbd in their products and about five to ten percent of these other cannabinoids okay uh, where we have 70% CBD and 30% of these other cannabinoids. Very rare and hard to find. 
in specific strains. Mm-hmm. And then there's that's kind of the core core side to it, but there's more than just that. There's also the extraction and hemp geneticists get involved and there's all this other sciencey stuff that I'm not too familiar with. But are so are the formulas public knowledge? Yeah. So yeah, you can It's go. just the extraction process that is obviously unique to your company, maybe? Uh, or what makes it so different? It's the proprietary genetics is what really okay. makes um, our formula different is having that kind of that 70, 30 ratio. Um, and I know that we have additional cannabinoids coming down the pipeline. It, as this industry grows, you're going to see um, it go from four cannabinoids to eight, mm. 12. You know, you want the whole plant. You want to get the full benefits of the whole plant. Um, so what really makes us unique is that kind of that ratio uh, is that 70 30 so you know you look at other companies I, i've yet I, I think we have about 80 times more than any other company that has thcv we have about 52 times more cbdv than any other company mm-hmm. and our cbg levels uh, i think about five times more uh five to ten times more depending on how you look at it so that's what really differentiates us it's it's the potency levels of these other uh rare cannabinoids that are up and coming uh they're new buzzing and trending um you know one thing that's gonna be huge is and i already see people marketing is they're you know skinny wheat and and there's specific strains marijuana strains uh like durban poison um what's the other one Durban poison was one and they're high thcv strains they're hilarious names eh? oh they're, they're, they're getting <laughs> crazy the there's yeah. one called horny horny goat weed now <laughs> and, and, and and you know I, I don't know i've never tried it but you know there's probably some strain that's probably like a natural stimulant for like viagra i wouldn't i wouldn't doubt it i bet there's a cannabinoid out there that could be a natural viagra <laughs> i wouldn't doubt it Carl, let's so, do some googling that's fine yeah <laughs> so like and those strains like that are high uh, that have high uh, thv presence they're expensive you want to buy one of those clones hundred thousand dollars <laughs> you want to buy uh you know just to give you a, a rough example you want to buy an a, a kilo of cbd isolate in the states right now if you so, so this is the crazy thing about the united states you can go and buy a kilo of it it's legal i guess you could say so you can go buy a kilo of this CBD isolate that costs you, you know, anywhere from four to six grand. And uh, you go on the internet and you're like, how do I make a topical? And it's not that hard. And then you can go make your own brand, put it up on your e-commerce platform. And now you're selling a CBD product. Mm. And, and the scary thing is some of them don't have lab reports. So now you don't know what you're getting because uh, there was a company that had an independent study, got a bunch of, you know, 30 different products. 66% of them didn't even have CBD in them and they were marketing it like they did. And I think that company did in New York and that was in New York. So that's where, you know, regulations need to come into play, right? Like the last thing you need is someone putting fentanyl in it or someone putting some foreign substance or whatever it is. Um, so, you know, as, uh, but is there anything for a consumer to look for that says like, this is an actual product that's been tested? Yeah, so what I would recommend for anyone, uh, I don't know if we actually have this in Canada, but what what they're doing in the States, and this should be the standard policy, I think, I, I guess in Canada because it's heavily regulated and you have to buy through you know proper channels, you, you can be a bit more um, safe you know, for yourself. Like, okay, I know I'm getting a clean product. I think they have to go through all those stringent processes already. So right. in the States, uh, what's 
happening now is some of the larger companies like Charlotte's Web and Elixir and all. And what they're doing is they're putting a QR code on their products, each each product SKU. And what you do is you you scan that QR code. And what it does is it it directly links to that lab report. Mm. So that way you can see, hey, there's no chemicals. There's no pesticides. Uh, there's no solvents. There's you know, So you, you feel safe. Um, so that's kind of, I think, where the industry is going to go towards. And that's what we're doing. We're going to make sure that we always be as most as transparent as possible. Uh, there, you know, there's everyone's like, oh, you guys are getting it from China. Like, uh, you know, and it's like, well, hey, uh, we have videos of our farms. We have lab reports. We get multiple lab reports done. We're working with universities in Canada. We're making sure that we're taking all the right precautions. We don't, there's a lot, sure, there's a lot of fake stuff coming out of China, but, you know, same time, tell me something that's not Chinese from China in your household, right? Or from Walmart or Superstore, whatever it is. And uh, it's funny because uh, originally we were, when I came to, I was like, hey, like, we got to get in front of this. You can't get behind this. Like, you got to, you got to come up front. So, yeah, we, yeah, we source from China. Yeah, we work with a company that's got a legal license out there. Yes, we do our lab, uh, lab reports. Yes, we do all that. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, everyone's trying to say, oh, yeah, U.S. grown soil, U.S. grown soil. Weed, weed grows anywhere. Weed's weed. It grows in Nepal. It grows in any, any climate you can think of, we can grow. Um, so it, there's a lot of stigma with a lot of different things, let alone just cannabis. And, and now it's like, well, where are you sourcing it from? They're, so uh, it's fine. Uh, it's, it's, it all comes down to branding and how you market yourself and, and being transparent. I think that's the key thing is, uh, is, is showing that, look, this is what we have. Here's the lab reports. Here are the independent tests. And letting people know that this is what you're getting. Looking at the business side mm-hmm. of the industry, it seems like it's become very popular in the last few years. Are you seeing that from investors as well? Is it pretty easy to, to, uh, to find angel investors right now? Yeah, I think it's slowing down a bit. Definitely in 2018 was wild, wild west. People mm-hmm. were, people were selling companies for hundreds of millions of dollars on pre-revenue, <laughs> pre on, on an idea That's or insane. a relationship or a connection, yeah. uh, not to keep bashing on canopy, but you know, canopy, uh, has, is the number is the largest market cap. They're the largest cannabis company out there. And, uh, they're, burn rate is $300 million a quarter right now. They're burning through $300 million every quarter. And they're, the reason, you know, the CEO got fired is because their, their profits were only 232 million. And, uh, you can read all about it online, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, there, I know guys who have been invested in early stages and they've cashed out and bought property and are like, yeah, I did well. Thank you. Uh, is there still, uh, time to make money in the Canada's place? Yes, for sure. Do your due diligence. Do your homework. Always, I always tell people, always, whatever you're going to invest in, know what you're investing in. Don't ever put your money in something you don't even know about. I, I, have, a, I have a good background in, in cryptocurrency and I've been involved since 2012. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been through crazy, crazy things in crypto space uh, from roller coaster. Like, I, I've never seen anything so volatile in my life. And uh, when cannabis came to the market and it hit the stock markets, it went through the same, same stuff. Spiked up, spiked down, spiked back up. And it's just going to go through these market cycles. We got to have a separate podcast with you on uh, crypto. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring another buddy down. We, uh, that, that's a crazy story, man. It, it, it's uh, just, a, yeah, the long story short, 
we just got uh i reached out to a guy who started a youtube channel and uh we he started a discord channel and next you know we had to cap it at five thousand members in under three wow. months what and we were doing icos we we did i don't want to 30 million dollars in a, under a year of icos by doing uh we basically just had a bunch of uh, analysts and we just did our due diligence on all these companies and it was it was crazy it was in one year it was just like whoa like what happened and when it when it when it it was funny because as it as it went from 20 grand all the way down to three grand uh i just so happened to get into cannabis space so it just worked out perfectly so now i'm involved in the two in my opinion the two most emerging markets for the next decade you think crypto is one of the two biggest emerging markets a blockchain 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 uh i think is is gonna it's it's here to stay um it's 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 not you know, people are like, ah, oh, maybe not Bitcoin. Bitcoin might not be the one, but blockchain is definitely a new technology that will be utilized um, in probably almost every industry you can think of. I've heard dozen, uh, probably a dozen people try to define blockchain, and no one can do it in a short amount of time. Do you have any like quick summary of what is a blockchain? It's a ledger. <laughs> it's a I've ledger. Yeah, it's think a of ledger. an Excel spreadsheet. I, this is the yeah. last one I heard. Think of an Excel spreadsheet that is copied everywhere. And when someone adds something to it, it automatically goes everywhere. But it's also, oh, I don't I'm like obviously <laughs> paraphrasing because I don't understand what the fuck is happening. But it's also chopped up into like millions of pieces and it's everywhere. I'm like, okay, that does not make it all. It, it's, you, you, that, you're, you're close. <laughs> so imagine that Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. Is, it's not essentially chopped up everywhere, but that Excel spreadsheet is on every computer. So you can't destroy it. Right. The only way to destroy blockchain and Bitcoin is by destroying the internet. You have to kill the internet to kill Bitcoin. That's the way I see it. Is the biggest advantage of it decentralization? Yes. You're your own bank. That was the whole that was the whole purpose of it. Have you have you ever seen the Netflix documentary on on Bitcoin? Banking on Bitcoin? Is that what it's called? Yeah. No, Must I'm watch. Gonna wa- I'm gonna watch it tonight. Yeah. Banking <laughs> on Bitcoin. It's a great documentary. Um it kinda yeah. Definitely get your, there's about two hours. It's amazing. And they talk about the blockchain and how it works and <laughs> infographics and ledgers and so forth. It's, it's very simple when you understand it with like visuals, but it's very simple. I've never very, heard anyone say simple. It's very simple with visuals. Okay. When you see with visuals, yeah. Coming but, back to cannabis, mm-hmm. you sounds like you deal a lot with like the marketing IT side of your business. Yeah. What have been the barriers on that side in terms of Ooh. getting the name out there? Yeah, it's the limitations of advertising. Sure. Uh, you can't advertise on Facebook. You can't advertise on Instagram. You can't advertise through Google. You can't. You cannot. Why is that? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, their policies state that you cannot mm-hmm. advertise CBD, hemp, or any cannabis-related products. Uh, whether, uh, why probably some governing body or someone higher saying, nope, no, it's not that. I don't think you're even allowed to, uh, on Facebook, I'm not sure if you can do alcohol. I feel like you can do alcohol, but maybe not tobacco. I'd have to go look back and look at their policies. Um, I'm trying to think so, of just ads I've seen on my feeds. I, uh, I think I've seen well, there's, alcohol ads for sure. I think maybe alcohol is allowed. Maybe and you may have seen cannabis because there's ways around it. You can cloak and there's, there's gray areas or black, black hat. Uh, methods to get around uh you don't want to do that because it, it doesn't last 
you're always you know you're always playing so and that's changing now i just heard the other day that they're allowing facebook is now allowing uh advertising for topicals which i thought was very interesting Mm. and uh, the only reason i can think of that is because uh, you know cvs walgreens and some of these other larger uh, chain retail stores uh basically they're like yeah f we're not going to wait for the fda we're going to start putting this on the shelves so now it's actually in about 11 uh, legal states uh, in the United States have now have it on their shelves. Mm-hmm. You can, they're like glass cases and locked up, but I've seen it and you can actually go and buy topicals. That's hilarious. But Seattle's so glass case. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, like, it's like the $200 bottle of scotch at the liquor store. It's <laughs> locked up. Um, so yeah, so that, that's been our, our biggest barrier. And then you got to kind of have to use different uh, methods, whether it's advertising on blog sites or health and wellness sites and, uh, doing different types of campaigns using influ- influencers is huge influencer marketing is massive but i think we're kind of hitting critical mass on instagram right now i'm sick and tired of seeing people i hate the word influencers just 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 <laughs> oh yeah God. i just hate the word influencer everyone's an influencer oh, hey you're, you're an influencer <laughs> right um yeah no i it's so easy i guess and uh, i i'm not a huge fan of it but if it's used right with the right ambassadors it's it's good you can get the right message out with the right research and the right education uh, so that's where i see the positivity of of um, ambassadors and influencers. what other platforms do you utilize influencers outside of social media i think social media is your biggest um so influencers can post about cannabis but you can't yeah. do directed ads correct okay. uh paid ads you, you can't, can't do, do paid, paid ads, ads. but gotcha. uh, you can get like i think you know, kim kardashian is talking about cbd yeah, uh, anyone can post a photo of a CBD bottle. Yeah, yeah. So uh, YouTube is kind of a weird one. I, I've heard that you can't do it on YouTube as an influencer. So, but Instagram, they don't, they don't care. They don't. You can go wild. Can't post a video on YouTube talking about your experience with a CBD. You can oil talk about your experience, but you can't say, "Hey, I tried this product. It's fantastic. Here's my code. Go get it." Like uh, you can't. It's it's really uh yeah it's 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 challenging and i've got some good friends who have actually one of a good friend of mine now is as i've known him for a couple of years now and we've kind of connected he runs one of the best um probably one of the top mma youtube channels out there and uh he loves the product and he's he wants to get behind it he's like i can't like i can't do it because of the, the regulations so once once that changes he'll he'll come on board and try to get that education message out is that changing I, I think it is. I'm seeing more and more YouTube videos of CBD like every day. Even influencers now are doing it. So I, I think it's just kind of, it's, it's his baby. It's his main source of income that mm-hmm. I don't want to jeopardize that. I feel like an asshole. Sure. If all of a sudden he's like, Hey, my, my, my YouTube 400,000 subscribers is gone. Like what the heck? And I'm like, sorry, man. Like, <laughs> uh, so I, I don't, uh, I don't want to do that. Uh, and, and from the marketing standpoint, our, we have, uh, our VP of marketing is, is, uh, he's got some really, really strong connections. And, in the uh, sports industries in the United States. So we'll definitely be leveraging him and working with some digital media companies uh, to really get our brand awareness out and exposure. So I would assume athletes would probably be a big, they're, they're the big ones. Uh, I can personally tell you that we have some professional hockey players on our product. Cool. Uh, One is, is going to be an ambassador. However, it's, it's interesting. So CBD is now off USADA and WADA. So uh, it's actually off, the world anti-doping agency and the United States anti-doping agency CBD is now off that list. So athletes can take it without any. Is THC off the list? 
Uh, THC is not off the list. So you need to be careful of what's in the CBD bottle, right? Exactly. Yeah. And there's even been some studies and reports showing that CBD can actually, met- metastas, I can't even say that word, can actually convert small amounts into THC. Oh. Yeah. So it's interesting what their liver can do. And so even if you're, you know, everyone recommends that you take just a CBD isolate, but uh, there has to be more data and research to, to see what's happening there because I think it actually potentially can convert small amounts of CBD into THC. I guess obviously that side of it, the compound side of it, the potentially testing for THC in a, in a professional sport is one mm-hmm. um, barrier for those types of people. Is there, I guess, would people be concerned about their image as well? Uh, or is it that they, far gone now that it's it's it, this is a great question this is this topic is awesome i love it because professional athletes smoke marijuana like yeah. nfl players nba players <laughs> like they all do it what was the, they all do it the running back for the dolphins ricky Rick, ricky williams, williams, ricky williams yeah. right? he was yeah. he was like probably one of the big first guys right yeah yeah, yeah 10 sure. 15 years ago or yeah, whatever. yeah. yeah. Hey, like Alan Iverson, like all these guys, like yeah. you just Google and you look at Kevin Durant's like had medicinal cannabis, like fall out of his pocket. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> they're all taking it because they understand, like, would you rather take ibuprofen or Tylenol? Would you rather just smoke a joint or take it? You know, like, yeah, give me the CBD. Like, it's, mm. you know, it's better for me. It's, it doesn't damage my liver. Um, how, it's funny I mentioned that because Forbes, I think, just had an article saying that there was a study that they were referencing that CBD can show high toxic toxicity levels in your liver but the weird the odd thing was they didn't say how much and they didn't directly link to the study and it's kind of like okay well going back to advil like what about advil aspirin and tylenol like how bad is that for your liver Hmm. has anyone have you ever seen those reports no because you won't be able to find them because you can imagine who's keeping them suppressed right so uh yeah, but yeah, athletes have taken it's so back to that. Like the NHL, THC is not allowed, but I was reading uh, through the NHL PA, I think they were talking about how THC they, they give a pass on it, but at certain levels. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you have too much THC, they're like, uh, oh, here, slap on the wrist, or I don't know, I really don't know. But you know, you have more and more athletes talking about it, especially after they retired. They're like, the reason why I played for 10 years was because of cannabis, mm-hmm. right? Like, so. I think it's just a matter of time. I, I, I just think that that's just too much at once for an NBA league or or an NHL league to come on and just be like, yep, we're pro cannabis. Like, let's let's allow it. Um, but there's other small, like, you know, have you heard of the big three? The big three is a three on three. Yeah. Yes, like the old old school guys. Yeah. yeah. So, so the big three is a huge advocate of, of CBD. Massive, massive advocate of CBD. And that's an Olympic sport now. Three on three is, is that? Really? Yeah, yeah, it's now an Olympic sport, oh. and uh, they're they're huge, huge advocators about CBD. They they have like their board talking about. They're like, yeah, like we we have you know retired NBA players who want to continue playing basketball, but they have you know some inflammation and pain, and and we advise them to take CBD. So there there have been some pretty big advocators of it, and you got uh, Paul Pierce who's actually got his own CBD line coming up. Uh, I actually had some contacts reach out because we were like, hey, like, can we get, you know, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit. And then one of my contacts actually through Mindy, his friend, 
uh, reached out and he's like, yeah, Paul Pierce is starting his own line and he's going to be feeding it through the big league. And I was like, okay, okay. And then it just came out too. Uh, I knew about that a long time ago, but now it just, now it just hit the public. So I can talk about it. Um, so it's, it's cool. Yeah. As you see, the industry is getting involved and uh, ultimately the way I see the industry going is everyone will come on board slowly, but surely. And I feel like big pharma will be the last they'll, they'll come on board. They'll come on board, but they're going to, they're going to wait till things settle down and regulations are in place and all that. And then they'll come on board. They have to think to like even survive. They need to start producing. They're, they're going to make their billions one way or another. Yeah. They're going to continue making their billions. They've got enough money to just purchase these companies. Yeah, I guess so. uh, they're not, they're not going to start vertically integrated cannabis grow shows or anything like that. They're just going to come in and be like, we'll buy you or we want an investment stake in you. That's, that's how they operate. Um, I guess if you look at uh, beer in the last 25 years in, in BC even, mm-hmm. whereas like a Molson buys a Granville Island and like all these big breweries are buying small craft breweries just to kind of fit in. With yeah. that, that so it's, it's exactly the same. Like totally. Canopy growth got a $4 billion investment from Constellation Labs who mm-hmm. owns Corona and some other tequila brands. Wow. Alcohol and tobacco companies are getting involved. Um, they already are involved and they're going to keep getting involved further and further and deeper and deeper. Uh, yeah, just, I just had this thought come in my head is just quickly side note. So the 11 states, uh, this is what I love about data. The 11 states that have legalized cannabis now have already sh- have data, actual live data, big data showing that opiate deaths have decreased mm. from states that have legalized cannabis. So, uh, you know, it's, it's fantastic. Like you can start seeing the transition, let alone all the tax dollars they're making mm-hmm. you know, improve their cities and, you know, states. So uh, uh, I, that, that's always been really fascinating to me. And it's, it's, it's just a very, very interesting industry. It's, it's you know, every, you're like, oh, everything's going great. We're moving forward. And then, you know, FDA will say something like, what, what are you guys doing? Like, what are you like? Come on, right? Like. Uh, the industry, it's a wild, wild west. And I, every day I wake up, I like roll over and grab my phone. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> like something new, like get on Reddit, get on weed stocks or some other blog sites. And I'm just like, okay. So, uh, Is that an, ang- like a cause of anxiety? Waking up every morning and no, just having no idea no, what's going on? No, no. There's uh, going to be something new. <laughs> no, and I don't, I don't, it doesn't cause anxiety. I, I, I look at more as excitement now. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, unless, unless my company's going down under, then it's a different story or something or, uh, but that's never been the case. I don't look at it as an anxiety. Even, you know, even if United States decide to do something crazy and just go, Hey, we're, we're shutting this stuff down. Like everyone's shutting down. Um, it's kind of one of the key area reasons why we're not operating in Canada, because you can still operate in UK and Europe. You can still operate in Asia. You can still operate in other countries that are very, very pro cannabis. So yeah, I think Canopy's even stated that once. They're like, hey, if we're we're moving forward, whether the United States is getting involved or not, we're we're moving forward. Because there's a lot of other countries that are like, hey, we're willing to work and they're slowly coming on board globally. So with with like let's say ten thousand plus different companies out there now, or it could be more, I don't know the numbers, but <clears throat> what's the uh competition for shelf space like? Hmm. Yes, that's a good question. Uh, shelf space, depending on how you look at it, whether it's big box retailers, gas stations, e-commerce, it, it, it definitely varies on the vertical 
or is it more e-commerce now it's 70 percent of sales are e-commerce yeah however i think we're going to see a transition as they start finally because you couldn't get them anywhere else exactly Uh, it was literally 100 percent, and now we're finally seeing that transition so i think big box retailers are coming on board and you're going to start seeing in cvs walgreens costco will have it walmart will have it and uh, we'll finally start to see a transition it's it's kind of like cannabis right like you don't want to this guy bought his weed online, but you don't want to buy your weed online, right? Like how you want to go and see, you want to be able to feel it. You want to smell it, right? Like that's, that's, that's generally how you buy cannabis. Um, buying it online is kind of boring and you're like, all right, well, I'll get it. And it's dry or wet. Like, well, what did I get? I'm like, what's going on here? And I think it's the same with CBD just because it's so new that sure. It's not really a flower. Well, you can buy CBD flower too, but, but it's so new that you need that education uh, where you want to be able to go and pick up, there's that 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 feeling of picking up and holding in your hand, right? Um, and, and and so it's interesting. Out of the ten thousand brands, I personally believe ninety eight or ninety nine percent are going to die because there's nothing different from this guy's product to this guy's product. There's nothing different. It's going to come down to innovation and research. And then, sure, right now, what makes you different is what you're binding it with, whether it's hemp oil. What coconut oil, uh, turmeric, ashwagandha, and all that stuff, and all these nootropics. Okay, great. But it's going to come down to uh, innovation and, and really the whole plant. Who can extract the different cannabinoids, the different terpenes, and then, then the research and data. So in the future, we're going to go from 10,000. We're almost at critical mass. We're in the United States, we're reaching like too many brands. There's already <laughs> too many brands, right? So like as they keep coming, and it becomes the hottest topic, the uh, hottest topic and trending topic for the next. I would say we got about a twelve to twenty-four more twenty-four month window before we're going to start seeing it finally declining. Not sales, but declining of brands coming sure. out. Yeah. Uh, and then big box resellers are just coming on board, so that's a completely different thing. So there, uh, it's funny. I, I I've been in discussions and with our internal team and and some of these big box retailers. And as they're coming on board, they're still learning. And they're like, wait, there's more than CBD? So, and then we got to educate them. And then they're like, okay, like, okay, wait. And then some, and then the ones that are kind of uh, more, uh, more in depth, they go, we've never heard, like, okay, yeah, okay, you guys are different. Like, we want to get, we, we need you in our shelves. And I've talked to some guys who are, who've been in the space for a long time. I don't know, just cannabis activists. And they're just like, hey man, like you guys have something special. Like I, I keep hearing it. And even from uh, testimonials, they're like, hey, I've tried 10 different brands. You guys have something that works for me. You have something different. Let alone um, people who take THC and they're like, hey, I can't take THC anymore because it gives me anxiety. Mm-hmm. What That one-to-one ratio, it, it's it's quite bliss sometimes. It really... Let's you enjoy the high without any anxiety, and and, and I, I the testimonials I've had for people going, hey, like I need THC to help with my pain. Uh, THC is very very powerful. Uh, it's 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 going to remain, and I personally think that when you take it synergistically or with other compounds, it it does wonderful things. So when I I hear testimonials of people going, hey man, like I couldn't smoke weed like I used to, and now I can smoke weed and, and reap all the benefits of that whether it's psychoactive or bringing down my stress levels, but having CBD or, 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 or formula or blend with it, he said, it's, it's, it's like heaven in a bottle. It's that perfect combination, I guess you could say. So I think what you're going to see is in the future is 
you see a lot of brands going to die off because they're all the same. Uh, big box retailers are going to bring up a lot of brands and then they're going to slowly selectively choose who they want to bring on. Uh, they're only going to want to, they want the best too, right? Ultimately, you want to give the best to the consumer. Uh, the margins are more than enough for everyone to make. Uh, you know, it, a, a bottle of CBD isolate is costing people five to seven dollars and they're charging 50. So you can imagine the, the, the profit margins are there. That's, that's what it costs you to produce? Not us, but just the uh, isolate. Isolate. Okay. Uh, I can't tell you our cost, but it varies. It varies on so many different factors. But overall, as more people start growing hemp, we see more farms growing up, you're going to see the price come significantly down. I think in the next three to five years, the price will be about half, mm. which is nice because the people who really need this stuff, they should be able to afford it. It shouldn't be something that's, you know, hey, like I'm spending a hundred bucks a month. Like, How can I, you know, so. How, how much is it in Canada now, Carl? It's expensive. <laughs> You can go up to like what fourteen bucks a gram. No, for CBD oil. Oh, the stuff that I bought you was like forty bucks, and that was like the lightest dose. Anything <laughs> stronger would be like eighty dollars. So that the stuff you bought for forty, do you know the total amount of CBD in that bottle? Was by it, any chance? Was it 20, 20 mg's? Twenty mg probably per dose, but then how many doses? You know, I would imagine oh. it's somewhere around like two hundred fifty mg to five. I was going to say two fifty. Two fifty for forty bucks. Uh, which is expensive. Yeah. yeah really, really expensive. Mm-hmm. Really, really expensive. Especially for people who really need it, who need to take higher dosages, especially individuals with chronic pain. They need uh, quite a bit more. Mm. Yeah. So, When you're saying athletes taking 100 mil- milligrams at a time? Well, they put that's... their body through vigorous, vigorous, you know, training. Um, like MMA fighters, like look at their hands, look at their faces, right? Like, the majority of them are taking painkillers afterwards mm. or they're taking something to bring down that inflammation. Would you rather take something that's harmful for you or would you rather take something that's completely natural, uh, whether it's a topical or, uh, you know, I don't know if you're, it was Nate Diaz who really brought it to the table, right? He was smoking that vape pen with CPD and no one even knew what was happening. It was pretty funny. Uh, and I, I knew, I knew what was going on. I was like, oh, she's smoking vape. I'm like, that's, I don't know if that's allowed in Vegas right now. Right? And everyone thought it was THC and they were going to ban him and, if you know risky move on him because look what happened to his brother they made a freaking they, they try to make a statement on him they banned him for five years for smoking marijuana out of the ufc and he was considered better than his brother right so how did joe rogan let that happen <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't have enough say yeah i guess so uh but you yeah, know the industry will change it'll evolve and it, it will you just we i gotta stay on top of it and uh you know we adapt same as just as humans, we evolve. We'll we'll evolve with the industry and try to stay on top of it. We're gonna. There's gonna be a fight. There's gonna be a fight. There, there's definitely gonna be a fight. And and I know people who've been fighting for 50 years. And I'm now joining the team. And I'm gonna fight too if I have to. I say we got to do round two in like six to 12 months just to see what. Oh, for sure. How yeah, the yeah. game has changed so quickly. It, it will in three months. I bet you anything. It's gonna be crazy. But uh you know topicals are supposed to be getting coming on board in december so yeah in six months yeah for sure i'll come through again and there's there's so much there's so much to yeah I, i'm learning every day i'm learning every day so that's happy, awesome man happy to pass the knowledge off that was a lot of fun yeah yeah for thank sure. you very yeah. much for coming on yeah no worries man uh, i can't you, wait to uh, do it again from our original or from our initial conversation when you came in the door you're uh a lot more knowledgeable than you let on. <laughs> uh, well, like, now, don't now, ask me about the science. I'm not a scientist. <laughs>
I think as I, as yeah, as I get more passionate about it, I, I spend uh, a lot of my off time just researching and reading more. So and just being involved every day, right? I, you know, you being know what? Fuel, surrounded by the you, best of the best in the industry. Yeah, that that helps. But what fuels me more than anything is is the testimonials, man. Like mm-hmm. there's people that have literally in tears. Like you've changed my son's life, and it's like that's that's what really helped. That's that's what fuels our company. That's what allows us to go out there and work. 12 hours a day or 16 hour days or fly all over the world and meet with different government officials. That's what fuels us. It's wicked. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to try a different product. That one you bought me was shit, Carl. (laughs) (laughs) I have no choice, man. (laughs) That's the only one allowed to be sold in BC right now. that store's closed, so. Is it? Yeah, that was from Weeds. Oh. Is it going to be legal soon? Hopefully. <laughs> we <laughs> just shut good. down in my neighborhood. Yeah that's, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, that's the main street. They're done. All right, let's All get right. out of here. All right. Abby, thank you very much. It was uh, great to meet you. It was, yeah, it was a pleasure, man. It was a really fun chat. Awesome. Can't wait to do it again. Awesome. Fantastic. Later.